0: Oh, good morning, vibrant church. How you feeling this morning? Are you well? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. It's not raining outside. Come on, can you, all right, How you feeling? Are you well? There we go. Man, we are, man, I, I'm just excited to be in church today. And I'm excited that uh, I came in dry and not, not in the rain. How's this? This weather has been crazy. If you're joining us online from somewhere that's, that's not here in, in the Golden Triangle, it has been just a monsoon for the last week. Uh, but we are in part two of a series that we're calling Family Circus. Come on, everybody say Family Circus. Man, I'm excited about this series. I think this is so fun. Our media team, our creative team has done just such a great job with all of this and the graphics and And next week with Father's Day coming up, got some fun, and then Family Fun Day. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss the rest of this series here at Vibrant. It's going to be incredible. Um, but, But I am excited about this series. Can anybody just relate like me to... Family can kind of seem like a circus, right? Yeah, the relationships in our lives, the people we do life with, it can, it can kind of feel like a circus. Uh, I have three boys and a dog at home, and it sometimes feels like a three-ring circus. It's like we are trying to just pull this thing off every day, right? Like if, if everybody makes it in bed alive, we're good. It was, it was a success. Uh, but I am excited uh, about this series. Last week, we kind of kicked it off. Pastor Mike brought just a great word uh, called smoke and mirrors, all about perception. Don't we try to make our families and our relationships and our lives we try trying to make it look like one thing on the surface, but how many of you know, more often than not, it kind of looks a little different behind the scenes, right? We post the picture that we want everybody to see, not the, the, not the trial and error pictures that, that, that really happen behind the scenes. Well, this week, we're talking about relationships, Oh, come on somebody, we're talking about relationships, I'm excited, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I've got a couple of rules before we get into it. Number one, I need you to know, if you're single in the room, hey, this message is for you. Okay, If if you're married in the room, this is for you. So come on, just turn to your neighbor, whoever they are, just tell them this is for you. This is for you. I'm excited. I do have a couple of ground rules. Married couples, men in particular, you can't pray for your wife on this one, okay? You just pray for yourself. Don't pray that God will speak to your wife in this. You pray for yourself. Ladies in the room, can you just... Can you just holster the elbows, okay? Can we just, let's put them in the holster for, for the service. No, it, it's, it's gonna be great. Hey, sing, single people, single people. Where, where's all the single folks in the room? Come on, be proud, Let, raise it high. Come on, right, keep it up, keep it up. Everybody look around, this is what you're working with? This is what you're working, come on, if you need to move, you can move now, all right? It's okay, You can you find you somebody. I'm trying to help you out, okay? We're talking, come on, we're talking relationships. I'm excited. You know, from the beginning of, of, of time, from the beginning of time, God looked at his creation. I mean, of you know the creation story? Come on, he created the sun and the moon and the stars. He said, it's good, right? He created, uh, he created land and the water and seas, and he said, well, it is good. Yeah, that's, that's where your participation, participation could come in. Uh, he created, uh, let's see, he created animals. He created all of those things, plants, and he said, it is Good, come on. He created Adam, he created man, and he said, It is very good. But then he looked at at Adam, he looked at all of his creation, and he looked at man all by himself, and he said, It is not good that man be alone. Now, this is the first time that God looks at his creation and says, Something is not good. This is before sin, this is before the serpent, and before the fruit, and all of that, before the fall. He looks at man all by himself, he says, "'It is not good that man is alone.'" Now, this is not a scripture about marriage. This is a scripture about life, that it is not good for you and I to be alone. So, so Jesus, so God, he, he created everything. And he said, it is not good for you to be alone. The, you know, our God is a, a triune God, right? He's, he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in, in his identity is perfect unity and community. And he wants the same thing for his creation. He wants us to be in community together. That's why when he saves you, he saves you into the family of God. He saves you into the family. of God. So you get God as father, but you get brothers and sisters in Christ. This, this is important. God, God really cares about relationships. And in fact, did you know that Jesus in, in the Bible, when he was walking on the earth, he actually prayed for you today? Did you know that? That, that in the Bible, there's, there's a scripture of Jesus praying for you. I'll show you. It's found in uh, John chapter 17, verse 20, says this. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's you and I. He's praying for us right now. Here's what he prays. He says, I pray that they will all be, say it with me, one. One. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. You see, Jesus has always intended us to do life together. He wants us to be one. He wants us to be unified. He cares about relationships. When Jesus prays for you, he's praying for your relationships. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, we need each other. We need, oh, come on, you can do better than that because some of you looked at your spouse and you were like, I guess we gotta have each other. No, come on, look at the other neighbor and say, we need each other. It's not good for you to be alone. And quite frankly, quite frankly, you can't do this thing called life on your own. You just can't do it. You can't do it. It, it. You and I are currently moving at the speed of our relationships. Yeah. You and I are currently moving at the speed of our relationships. You've heard it said like this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you want to know what your future is going to look like in the next 5 years, just just look at the the 5 closest people in your life. That's where you're heading. That's, that's where you're heading. That's, and and, and here's the thing. It's important, the relationships that we have, because if you hang around the wrong people, you're going to end up in the wrong place. You're going to go the wrong direction. You're going to end up in a place you never intended to be. That's why the apostle Paul said that, that, that even bad company corrupts good morals, right? So so the people in my life, the people I'm doing life with, I I need to make sure that they have the same values, that they have the same goals, that they're moving in the same direction as I am. Now, keep in mind, I need people in my life that don't know Jesus, amen? I need people in my life that I'm, I'm being salt and light to, but my closest friends, my closest circle, they need to be heading in the same direction that that i am so if relationships are this important to god and this important for my life it's determining my future then i better make sure that my relationships are healthy amen yeah i I gotta make sure that i've got some healthy relationships healthy relationships that honor god and i'd better learn how to approach relationships in a healthy way so that's what we're talking about today we're talking about Healthy relationships, and we're calling this message the juggling act, the juggling act. So Pastor Mike uh, talked about smoke and mirrors last week, and he did a magic trick. How many of you saw the magic trick last week? Yeah, blew, blew everybody's mind. Well, I pulled the juggling act, which means I guess I, 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 guess I have to juggle, right? So, so I, ordered, I ordered these, um, but I'm not gonna juggle these. I'm not gonna juggle. Guys, will you bring the chainsaws out? I'm just kidding, you have lost your mind if you think that that's, that's about to happen. No, 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 we're talking about the juggling act. So I'm gonna attempt this. This is why, why I have to wear the Britney Spears mic. I, I hate this thing, but, but I'm wearing it, right? And, and uh, I'm gonna attempt to juggle. So are you ready? You Think we can do this? Okay, here we go. A lot of pressure. Oh. Yeah yeah yeah. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, stop, stop. Don't, don't, don't stop. Don't. I'm just kidding. Don't. Uh, so, <laughs> juggling. You know, there, there's an there's an order to this thing, right? There, there's an order to juggling. Like the the order in which I throw the object, it matters. I can't just throw them all at once. I can't throw two up and one. I, The the order matters, right? It's one, two, and three, and I'm only juggling one at a time. So the order matters, and here's what I would suggest to you in our approach to relationships and the, the people in our life, the friendships in our life, our spouse, our parents, our kids, the relationships in our life, there's an order to them. There is an order to healthy relationships. So I want us to go to Matthew chapter 22, if you have your Bibles, Grab them. This is gonna be our key text for the day. Matthew chapter 22. We're gonna start reading in verse 36. Don't worry if you didn't bring your Bible. We've got it up on the screen here. Says this, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Well, Jesus answered him. He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, or the second is just as important you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus is talking about a love for God, a love for self, and a love for others. And he says that every scripture every promise every promise in scripture, every command in scripture, every command that Moses gave, every command that Jesus gave, it all hangs on this idea, on this one idea. And if I get this wrong, well, I get the Bible wrong. If the whole Bible hangs on this thought, then I better get this thing right. If you separate love from the scripture, well, come on, you've got the wrong scripture. If you separate love from it, then, 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 then that's where manipulation comes from. Come on, that's, that, that's where violence in the name of religion comes from. Like if you separate love from the scripture, you're gonna get this thing wrong. So the key to healthy relationships, come on, anybody want healthy relationships in their life? Come on, some, some of you you, you, you put the fun and dysfunctional relationships. You're like, I, I, I get it. So, so if, if we want healthy relationships in our lives, there's one key to it. Are you ready? This is it. I'm about to, I'm about to change your life right here. This is the answer. Here it is. You first have to get healthy. If you want healthy relationships in your life, you first have to get healthy. So what does this look like? What, what does this mean? Well, it means that maybe your wife isn't the problem. Hello. It, it means that your husband may not be the issue. Come on, it, it may mean that your parents aren't the problem. Come on, it may, it may be that the church isn't the issue. Come on, somebody. Pastor, I love this church. I've been to 20 different churches in this city. Y'all are different. No, no we're not. And if you've been to 20 different churches in this city and you don't like any of them, you are the common denominator, okay? Okay. We're jacked up and need Jesus like everybody else. Okay, come on. So, 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 it, what this means is, from this place of spiritual, emotional, mental health, I can then begin to form healthy relationships. How do I know that? Well, Matthew chapter 12, verse 35 says this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth good things. The evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart will bring forth evil things. So, so what comes in will come out, right? I've heard it say like this, you feel today like what you ate yesterday. Come on, anybody who's ever had a hangover can attest to that, all right? I don't know if you can admit, to, can you admit to having a hangover in church? I don't know, is that too real for some people? I don't, I don't know, come on, somebody. It, it, you're, you're, come on, you're not drunk anymore, but you're feeling the effects of what you put in your body yesterday. Like that double-double at 11 p.m. felt good in the moment, come on, but at 6 a.m. the next morning, you're like, is this COVID? I don't, no, no, you just, You feel today what you ate yesterday. Come on, I'm not talking about food, but the good man out of the good treasure of his heart is gonna bring forth good things. So so my inner life is determining my outer life. Come on, my inner life is dictating my relationships. I wanna say it like this. I'm more responsible for my relationships than I wanna take responsibility for because I wanna blame it on everybody else, right? Come on, so, so if my inner life is dictating my outer life, the truth is the good man out of the good treasure of his heart is gonna bring forth good things. Now, does this guarantee that if you get healthy, then all of your relationships are gonna be perfect? No, because I'm messed up, you're messed up. We're gonna have issues. Jesus never promised us a problem-free life, but if I can get this, if I can get this vertical thing right, and I can get this inner relationship with myself right. Say so, Trey, you have a relationship with yourself? Yeah, and so do you. Come on, that's why you talk to yourself in the mirror sometimes. That's why you cuss at yourself sometimes, right? So, so if I can get this, this vertical thing right and this inner thing healthy, it will immediately affect my horizontal relationships. Are you tracking with me? Okay, so this is important. This is the order of relationships. So let's look at it. What is the order? What Jesus told us, number one, is love God. Love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Your love for God is the number one key to healthy relationships. Yeah. So, so the more I love Jesus, the more I'll be able to love my neighbor, period. Period. It's, it's actually the thing that God wants to use to empower My love for God, he wants to use that to em, empower you. So, so the way I, the more I love Jesus, it shows up in my relationship. So let me talk to married couples for a second, all the married couples in the room. God is not jealous of your love for your spouse or for your kids. I've actually heard it said like this in, in church circles uh, in the in you know, recently that, um, you know, people are putting their, their family before God and they're putting their marriage before God. I'm like that's, That makes no sense, that's impossible. The more I love Jesus, it's going to show up. The first place it's gonna show up is in my relationships with my wife and my kids. Well, that's why, that's why my wife can tell. She, she can attest to this right now. She's about to shout me down. Uh, that's why she can tell when I haven't been spending time with Jesus like I should. She's like, you're a jerk. You need to go, you like. You need to go pray. You need some more Jesus, right? So, so God wants to empower my love for my wife and my kids. So, so when I say I love God, I, when I say you should love God, I think what some of us may think in our minds is maybe kind of how, maybe you process it like this. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that, Trey. I, I just, I need to love God more. Like, I just, yeah, just like just love God more. Like, it's June. I, I I made a New Year's resolution to spend like six hours in prayer every day, and I've I've I haven't met that goal. So I need to get back to. It. I just need to love God more. Like, let's just love God more, man. Come on, let's just love God more, right? It's like chill out, okay? Uh, or or maybe you grew up in a church like like this. Was just like you. We need to love God. Like, you don't love God enough. You need to love God more. And how many of you are like me? Well. I'm here, like, I, I think I love God, like you took my tithe. Like I think, like, you, you, you gotta love God more, we're going on a fast, ah! Right, relax. Let me put it to you this way, how, how do you love God? What do, what do I mean when I say love God? You don't love God by trying. Did you hear me? You don't love God by trying. You love God. Here's how you do it. You love God by accepting how much God loves you. True love starts with acceptance. Fill the spirit of Doctor Phil in this place. Come on. <laughs> True love starts with acceptance. You you got to know that God loves you. Here it is. You say, Trey. Give me a proof text for it. First John four nineteen. We love. Come on, we we love God. We we love our neighbor. We we love ourself. Our our capacity to love is based on the fact that he first loved us. My capacity to love is limited by the revelation of how much God loves me. So I can only love on any level that I understand he loves me. So catch this. So I'm not spending my life trying to earn his love. That's a terrible place to live. I'm not spending my life trying to earn something from God. By the way, if you spend your life trying to earn something from God, you'll make others earn something from you. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so I'm, not, I'm not trying to earn God's love. I'm not living from a place of earning. I'm loved. Like, I'm loved whether I like it or not. I'm loved. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you. Remember, I told you he's trying to empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. I love that. I love that. Don't get freaked out by the way that we respond to worship in this church or or the way we respond to the message. Come on, you can experience this thing. This, This love is experiential. Come on, church doesn't have to be endured, right? Church doesn't have to be endured. You can experience this thing. You can walk in here one way and walk out changed forever, not from anything that we do, but because you can experience the love of God. I love that. Though it is too, too great to fully understand, I, I don't connect with God mind to mind. I connect with God spirit to spirit. So I don't always under, understand everything. I can't fully understand how much he loves me or how he loves me, but I connect with him spirit to spirit. And it says this, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So, so I love God when I know God loves me. I don't try, I receive. Everybody say receive. Okay, so, so what does it look like What does it look like when I love God? Is is it okay? Can I teach a little bit? Is this okay? Can we walk through this together? We're gonna teach a little bit. So what does it look like when I love God? You know, I'm secure, I'm secure in his love for me. What does it look like? Well, I think it looks like John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoa. I mean, well, like, that seems like a lot, like, there's like thousands of pages in this thing. <laughs> like that's, that, that seems pretty steep. Let me, let me tell you what Jesus is not saying, okay? Jesus is not saying here that if you love me, you'll perfectly obey the scripture all the time. It's not what he's saying. In fact, he's not even saying that if you love me, you'll, you'll obey the, the 613 laws of Moses. Well, if he had meant that, he'd have said, if you love me, you'll obey Moses. So, so, so what is he saying? Well, if you read the Gospels, come on, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I would encourage you to, to, to read that. You need to, you need to get in the Word and, and get the red letter. Come on, I think everybody needs to have a red letter Bible so you can see what Jesus is saying. And, and if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you don't see a whole lot of thou shalt and thou shalt not. You just don't see it. It's not there. So, so what do you see? Well, you can can read and study the life of Jesus. So, I want to say it like this The laws of Jesus look like the life of Jesus. The laws of Jesus look like the life of Jesus. So, what was Jesus like? Well, he he was kind, he was caring, he was brave, he was humble, he was fearless, he was bold, he honored authority. He was compassionate and honest. He was a good friend. And he was a faithful son. So, so if I want to love God first, I receive his love and then I pattern my life after the life of Jesus. That, that's why you have to get in this book. It's not a have to. It's not this, this, this obligation that I have, this duty that I have, have to do. No, I wanna get in the word so, so I can figure out how to live. I want to figure out the more, I, the more I read about Jesus and the more I try to pattern my life after Jesus, the more I will love Jesus. Okay, so, so you've got to pattern your life after that. I don't go to the Bible just to get information. Come on, I go to the Word to get transformation, right? Information is just something that, that happens as, a, as like a bonus, right? Like I think you need to know the Word, you need to know Scripture and... But, but, but I go to the word because I know me and I need to be changed, right? I know the call of God on this church. And so as pastors, we need impartation. Like we don't just go for information. No, we want to be changed. We want to fall in love with Jesus. And you may be saying, okay, I, I get that. So, so love God. What does that mean? I, I accept that he loves me. How do I live that out? How does it flesh itself out in my life? I get in the word, I pattern my life after the person of Jesus. Let me say train, that's great, but like I need help in my marriage. The best thing you can do for your marriage is to love Jesus. The best thing you can do to be a better parent is to love Jesus. The best thing you can do to be a better friend is to love Jesus. So so number one, I've got to love God. Number two, Here's the order, love yourself. Not too much response on that one, just like a, hmm, love myself. Or had like probably two responses in that, two reactions, like, because some of you, you, you heard that and you're like, yes, just gotta love yourself. Like I'm enough, right? I'm enough, I'm, I'm gonna take a picture of myself with no makeup on and tell the world how brave I am. Right. Okay. I I'm not let me tell you what I'm not talking about love yourself. I'm not talking about this this self-worship that our society is dealing with now, right? Like this this selfie generation. I'm not I'm not talking about that. So so Jesus Jesus talks about loving self. Not self-obsession. But he talks about this loving stuff. But Paul in in uh, in First Timothy or Second Timothy chapter three, he talks about that men will become lovers of themselves. Right? That's not what we're talking about either. Like like I'm not talking about being in love with yourself. So so there has to be this this balance. What what am I talking about? I'm talking about a spirit led, spirit directed self image. Come on, this is how we're going to have healthy relationships in our life. A spirit-led, spirit-directed self-image. I'm not talking about being in love with yourself because that'll lead to pride. That'll lead to to, treating people poorly, not being kind and caring for others. So I'm not talking about being in love with yourself, but I'm also definitely not talking about hating yourself either. Right? Right? Hating yourself does not glorify Jesus. We, we have this epidemic of depression and insecurity and in in suicide in our nation. And I'm telling you, I, I think God wants to set you free from that. So, so, so not liking yourself and not loving yourself and hating yourself is not bringing glory to God. So, so I'm not talking about being in love with yourself, but I'm not talking about hating yourself. There has to be some middle ground that's, that, that's healthy and that's viable. So, so what does that look like? Well, I think it looks like Matthew chapter 12, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Is anything worth more than your soul? Your soul, the real you, Come well, not, on, not your earth suit, the real you. Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus is talking about, he, he's saying that the whole world, if you had all of the world, come on, all of the money, all of the precious metals, all of the precious stones, all the real estate, all the buildings, he put it all together and your soul is worth more. Your soul is worth more. So how do you know what something's worth? Well, it's worth what someone is willing to pay for it, right? So how much is your soul worth? Well, if you ask Jesus, I mean, when God purchased your salvation and your soul, he didn't use money. He didn't use gold. He didn't use silver. He didn't send a prophet. He didn't send an angel. No, he wrapped himself in flesh And he came to earth and he died on a cross and he purchased your soul. So God, I I wanna say it like this. God will look at you and say, you're worth dying for. You're worth dying for. Come on, yeah, we we, we can give God some praise for that. So, So that's where I find my worth. That's where I find my self-image. That's where I find my confidence in myself. It's, it's what God has put inside of me and, and what God thinks about me. And this is good news because in a world that's constantly changing and it's up and it's down and it's good and it's bad, there is this, this constant, deep-rooted, never-changing confidence that I am loved and I am valuable to God. So I I like affirmation, but I don't need affirmation because I know who I am in Jesus. This is a a spirit-led self-image. So from this place, from this place, your relationships will totally move in the right direction when you know how much you're valued by God because you're no longer dependent on one person's approval of you. So what does this look like? How does this play itself out in my life? This is what loving myself means. Here's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Okay, now this, this is different. This is different than this American, you know, self-love type of, type of mentality, right? I'm just, I, I'm just gonna do me. You know, don't tell me what to do. I, my, I, I'm my own person. I'm my own, my body's my own. I, I'm just gonna do me. Well, no, if you're a Christian, technically it's not. And, and, and even if you're not a Christian in the room, I would argue that, I, I'd argue that Colossians 1 says that your body's still not your own. It's the devil's. Hello. Okay. So I'm either in, I'm either in the kingdom of darkness or I'm in the kingdom of his dear son. So, so my body, either way, I'm kind of not my own, right? This isn't about, I I don't just do what I want to do. Come on. Jesus bought me. I belong to another. I don't do what I want to do. I do what God wants me to do. I don't judge what is good, God judges what is good, tells me what is good, then his judgment becomes my judgment, right? I know this is crazy. I know it's 2021 and we don't talk like this anymore and nobody wants to hear this, but it's the truth. God's word is my source, not my feelings, not my intuition, not the voice in my head that I'm saying is the Holy Spirit. No, this is the voice of the Holy Spirit. So, so I'm not my own property. It says, in the, if you'll throw that verse back up there, please, it says that you were bought at a price. You were actually bought with the precious blood of Jesus. So, so, so this is what real self-love looks like. Look at it. Honor God with your bodies. Loving myself looks like a life of Honor. It looks like a life of honoring my God. So if I really believe my worth to God, it will immediately define my relationships. When you really know your worth to God and you really love yourself, it will actually, check this out, it will actually release self-control in your life. Yeah, so you don't have to eat that anymore to feel good. Can, can I preach a little bit now? I said, I wanted to teach a second. Can I preach a little bit? Come on. You, you don't have to take that pill to make yourself feel better about yourself when you know who you are in Christ. Come on. You don't have to drink that, smoke that. You don't have to be around those people to make yourself feel good because when you know how valuable you are to God, it's going to affect your relationships. Come on. You don't have to sleep with some, just anybody with two legs anymore. Hello. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you get that text at 2 a.m. WYD. Yeah, you don't, you, I would say you don't even respond, but, but if you are, I'd say just block, but, but if you are gonna respond when you get that message, WYD, what, what you doing? You say, I'm reading my Bible, praying in tongues. What are you doing? Come on, this is what real self-love looks like. Come on, you get that text, what are you wearing? The full armor of God, that's what I'm wearing. Can I get a witness? I'm clothed in his righteousness. This is what real self-love looks like. I don't need anyone else's approval. I'm loved. I'm valuable to God. So when you really believe this, when, when, you, when you know who you are in Christ, when you love God and you know he loves you, I'm able to honor God with my, my whole life. My heart, soul, mind, strength, your mind, yeah, the, the inner version of yourself, the inner dialogue you're having with yourself. It begins to change when you, when you love God and you know how valuable you are to him. And that takes us to point number three. And the keys can go ahead and make their way and we're, we're wrapping this thing up. The order, remember the order, the order matters. Number one, love God. Number two, love yourself. And number three, love others. Because here's the reality. If you're all that in a bag of chips and you are, then so are they. Yeah. I know you, I know you know you're awesome. We talked about that. You're awesome. But so are they. So not only do I love myself enough, but I love them enough not to objectify them, not to devalue them, not to show violence toward them because they're made in the image of God. And I better not touch God's anointed. See, some of you grew up in church, you heard that that scripture, not to touch God's anointed. You thought that was only for preachers. No, that's for the body of Christ. I better not touch God's anointed. So if I can get this vertical thing healthy, I can get this, this inward thing healthy, it will absolutely show up in my horizontal relationships. Love your neighbor. Let me remind you, love is not a feeling. Love's not an emotion. It's not something you fall in and out of. Love is a daily decision. All right, let me, let me give you the stuff. This isn't in your notes, but grab your pen. I want you to write this in your notes because I, I think you need this. This is, this is what love is. Love, love is a daily decision to honor and celebrate who a person who a person is created in the image of God. That's what love is. It's gonna, I'm gonna decide daily to honor and celebrate you because you are made in the image of God. This is challenging. This is hard. By the way, this isn't just hard in our generation. This was hard at the beginning. Because as soon as Jesus said this, love your neighbor as yourself, the guy's like, whoa, 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 Like, who's my neighbor? Because I don't know that I wanna love everybody, right? His answer, Jesus's response. He gives the story of the good Samaritan. So what was, what was the definition of neighbor? Basically, the person that doesn't look like you, doesn't talk like you, doesn't vote like you. Your, your neighbor is your opposite. That's, that's your neighbor. And you have to learn to love your neighbor because y'all, there, there's gonna be times, <laughs> there's gonna be times when your spouse is your neighbor. <laughs> Come on, you, 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 there, there's times when everything is great and everything's good and it's on fire and, and, and it's amazing. But then there's times where it's cold you look at your spouse and you just. Ooh. Oh, yeah, don't look at Kayla, y'all look at me. There's gonna be times where it's amazing. and th- th- Hey, there's gonna be times when the church is your neighbor. You know, there's times where this this place is amazing. This is Bethel, the house of God. This is where angels ascend and descend. And then there's times where it just feels like, you know, I, uh, I don't know, I just didn't feel it today. Like worship seemed off and... Trey just like, seemed like he was staring at me the whole time and, and, and my kid bit some kid and, 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 and some kid bit my kid, my kid bit himself. I, there's, just, there's just times where it just feels like this is hard. This is friction. This doesn't work. You, and there's times you just, you gotta love your neighbor. You just gotta decide. You just gotta choose. Hey, hey I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna come back and I, I'm not gonna give up and I'm gonna keep loving and I'm gonna keep giving grace. And I'm gonna keep extending grace and I, I'm just gonna love. Well, there's times you just, you gotta love your neighbor. So, so what does this look like? Come on, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. By the way, some of you have only ever heard this at weddings, but I'm telling you, Paul was not writing this like, shout out to all the weddings. No. He said, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Don't be rude. Like just, there's some of you, just rude. Just don't be rude, right? It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of wrong. All the married couples said, oh, that's a hard one. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. I want you to win. I don't want you to lose. We, we may not be BFFs, but I don't want you to lose. I want you to win, that's, that's a hard one for me. I'm not sure that I completely believe that yet. Oh, that's too real? I'm sorry. Love never gives up. Never gives up. Never loses faith. It's always always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So with every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, Trey, I, one or two or all of these maybe i've got the order wrong I don't know, I need some help in this area. I need some help in how I approach god i need need some help in in figuring my relationship with him out i I need some help in, in loving myself. I think that may be a big one for for many of us here just having a healthy spirit led self image I just I need some help and or maybe i, I I need help dealing with the people in my life. How, how do I love them? I just, I need some help. I need, need God to help me. Fesha, would you just lift your hand? I just wanna pray for you. Come on, hands going up all across the room. I see those, you can put those down. I'm gonna pray for you really quick and then we're gonna have one more prayer. So just stay in a moment of an attitude and a spirit of prayer. God, we come before you now and. We know that this, this relationship thing is, is, is important to you. It's important that we do life together, but this is hard. God, it's, it's, it's hard dealing with other people. It's hard dealing with myself. So God, we just invite you into our relationships and we know it starts with us. So God, we're asking you to make us whole. Help us get healthy. Help us to love you more, love you better. Help us to love ourselves. Help us to love others, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you just stay in a moment of prayer? Say, Trey, uh, I'm here and I don't know Jesus. I'm not gonna give you the pitch, you know it. You're here, you know I don't have a relationship with God. Am I gonna prolong this thing? Come on. Like, just be honest, you know, you know, that's you. We're gonna change that today. So with no one looking around, if you say, that's me, I need to know Jesus today. I wanna give him my life. I wanna start this thing right. I wanna make this better. I I want you to lift your hand right now. When I see that hand, I see that hand, that's amazing. Okay, you can put those down. So here's what I want us to do as a church. We're gonna pray together. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray this. Even if you didn't raise your hand, it's okay. You can pray this as well. Uh, Jesus knows what's in your heart. So church family, pray this, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me even when I didn't love you. Thank you for forgiving me when I didn't deserve it. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Teach me to live for you. Fill me with your spirit. Change me, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate all those?